Is this episode going to be any good? Is this episode going to be any good? <laughs> Does Attack of the Killer podcast shit in the woods? Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's the only bear reference you can come up with. That's too good. Uh, I'm your host, Insane Mike. Oh, you you just wait for the bear jokes. Oh, I thought you were going to be a pope, going to school to be a pope. (laughs) That was barely a bear joke. Oh, God. Uh, wait till the intros. Look at you back. Oh no. Okay. Um, so yeah, this episode we're going to be talking about bear movies, killer bear movies. And speaking of bears, we have a, the bear minimum crew tonight. So <laughs> let's, we, let's go ahead and start off by introducing you to the podcast crew. He thinks the scariest bear movie is the Care Bear movie. Jason Bollinger, everybody. <laughs> Well, there's, but it might be, it might be. (laughs) Okay, this one's my favorite. He had his arms surgically replaced to grizzly arms because he said it was his constitutional right. Brian Clark. (laughs) Greetings, humans. (laughs) Get it? Right to bear arms. Right. Yeah. 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 We get it. No, when you have to explain your joke, that means it's a good joke. Second Amendment. Yeah. And lastly, she totally misunderstood me when I told her we were doing a bear episode. Now she needs to get some pants on. Terry Turford! <laughs> uh, no comment. Hey, everybody! <laughs> oh, man, how's everybody doing? Right to bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> That's just too good. Uh, here's the intros that didn't make the cut. Oh. In some... What? This is what the people really want. Yes, this is good. In some circles, he's known as a mama bear, John Stalter. <laughs> he's not here. He's not here. <clears throat> uh, what was the other one? Um, he said, this porridge is too hot. Then he said, this porridge is too cold. Then he said, what the fuck is porridge? What the fuck is porridge? What the fuck is porridge? I like that one. It's like a a stew? I don't even... I thought it was like oatmeal. I thought it was kind of a pudding kind of thing. Okay, so none of us know what the fuck porridge is, basically. (laughs) Yes, we don't. (laughs) So it's true. (laughs) Pudding stew. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right. Killer news? We got some killer news? Let's do it. It's time for Killer News. Ripped straight from the headlines on Attack of the Killer Podcast. First up in Killer News, Puppet Master Reboot and Development with Transformers producers. Audiences are dying audiences are dying to see how they'll rationalize shots of buildings falling down in a Puppet Master movie. <laughs> That always happens in Transformers movies. Oh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Ninja Turtles. That really still bugs me about Ninja Turtles. <laughs> like, 
the final act of the movie just ends with buildings falling down. I'm like, hey, buildings does it fall have down. To be? Does it have to always have to be that way, Michael? <laughs> anyway, what do we think? Puppet Master reboot. I like some of like the earlier ones. I haven't seen what other like eleven. <laughs> I, Is it up I don't. There were a lot. But I haven't seen any of like the later ones, so I don't know how <laughs> the series has progressed. But I always liked those when I was younger, like some of the earlier ones. They were creepy. Fucking dolls. But... <laughs> well, and the design of the dolls are always really Yeah, they're cool. cool. Like the slug lady was always like one of the best ones. Well, because none of them were in any way a traditional doll. Yeah, they were all just... No, not least. They were all bred from nightmares. And for me, that's what kind of took away from the creepiness of those dolls. Like, if you were to put the Puppet Master franchise up against Stuart Gordon's dolls, Stuart Gordon's dolls is far more creepier, probably because it was handled by a better director. But beyond that, like... Those are dolls that we all know and relate to, like creepy ass porcelain face dolls. Yeah. You know, we you know we we don't we don't have dolls with um, drills on the top of their heads and from our childhood that we can relate to when watching a puppet master movie. We don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I think. I mean. I think it could be kind of cool. Like. I, just looking at this, it's saying that the uh, writer of Bone Tomahawk. Whoa. Yeah, really? Like, that's like, what? <laughs> that is way too good for Puppet Master. At but, least we know it'll have some fantastic dialogue then. It, exactly. Yeah. Like, it seems like at the moment, it <laughs> seems promising. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I say forget all that, because next up is, the, is what I'm I- interested in, and that is the Ring vs. Grudge trailer. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. see that? Yeah. It's going to be awesome! It's crazy! Because it looks real? I mean, like, serious? Yeah. Yeah. It does look serious, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know? I mean, it's not a scary movie version of a movie? Right, like it's not a spoof. Oh, yeah, not a spoof, yeah. Yeah, it looks crazy. All I know is there's going to be a lot of hair and faces. In that <laughs> lots and lots of hair. It's just going to be a staring contest between the two. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Speaking like of uh, the grudge, how, did you guys see that There's someone's made this uh, Instagram account that like follows around the grudge kid? Like in normal life, yeah. doing normal things, it is so freaking hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they're playing around like regular kids, but they're <laughs> it's but they're not. They're not. It's so funny. I don't. I don't remember what the uh, the name of it is. I'll have to look that up. But really hilarious. One. And then my other concern, though, in this day and age, is is ring still is the ring curse still relevant? Like, who has VCRs? <laughs> uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone like everyone on the show right now? Horror fans. <laughs> yeah. So four VCRs <laughs> left in the world. We're all doomed. 
<laughs> and lastly in the news, Bloomhouse.com launching podcast network. All right, we'll sign up already. Blum, Blumhouse. <laughs> Blum like Fucking a plum. Dumb. dumb. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. What it is. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You still sort of <laughs> ruined, my, ruined my headline joke. Oh. oh. I ruined it, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. They're launching yeah. a podcast network. Yeah. With, Have you gotten with, a phone call from them yet? No. And well, they have one pod- How can it be a network if there's one podcast and it's by three people who work for you? So is it... I'm not bitter. I'm still waiting by the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call us up. Come on. Well, yeah, we'll sell our souls to be on your network. Yeah, fans. Just uh, write Blumhouse and tell them how we need to be on there. That's right. Yeah. All right. Never... Come on, fans, get off your asses and <laughs> write them, tell them that we need to be on their network. You guys dropped the ball again this year for nominating us for Rondo Awards, so. Dang it. I'm just going to sit here and wait till they do it. <laughs> All right, so bear movies. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> where, do, where should we start? Hmm. The one. One true bear movie, which one that inspired it all. <laughs> I know your favorite. Oh, by far. What do you mean favorite? I mean it's the best. No one can deny it's the best bear, killer bear attack movie ever made. Well, let's find out. The title in question is. I just say on the count of three, we all say. Oh, there you what go. The best. On the count of three, greatest bear attack film ever made was. Three, one. two, one. Country Grizzly. Bears. Stop it. <laughs> Country Bears. I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> uh, yes, Grizzly from 1976. Ish. Six. Something like that. So, oh, I got it written down here. What am I doing? 76, because <clears throat> Claus was 77, right? Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, so Grizzly, yes. The greatest and best. It's the Jaws of bear movies. Really is, though, because I was watching it again, more again this afternoon. And one of the great things about Jaws is like it's it's more than just about a shark attack movie. It's really a, uh, a character piece you know, about, about these guys. And you get kind of the same thing in Grizzly, where they're all trying to come up with this plan of taking down this Grizzly and... You even kind of have like these three guys who are kind of similar in like clashing of personalities, like in like the three guys in Jaws. So, Andrew Prine even gives the uh, helicopter pilot equivalent of the sinking of the Indianapolis speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, but Jaws does not have a horse getting his head. Smacked off. off. Punched off by a bear. <laughs> bear punch. That's the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Is that, is that the soul moment? or That's when I knew <laughs> that I love this movie. Uh-huh. What is it about this movie that you like? Well, we, we have a personal, personal. thing because... You, Justin, and I got to see it on the big screen from a 35-millimeter print in the theater at a festival. Mm-hmm. And it was 
fucking middle of the night. We were tired and we just went to the back road to probably fuck around and bullshit. And then the grizzly came on and we're like, fuck. And then we just were glued. It's like, oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, so the movie is clearly 70s. But like, there's just that little something extra special seeing it on the 35 on the screen that made it just reek more of the 70s. I don't know. Just the color of it all, and, uh, and I was gonna say too. Yeah, it was kind of a it was a dirty print, right? Like right. the the yellows and the oranges were really bled through the whole print. Yeah, like things were really grungy looking. I mean, watching it again today, I'm assuming I was watching it on um, Hulu a little bit, kind of get a little refresher. And I'm assuming that's probably an HD quality. Yeah, it looked really good. Look yeah. like a new film. And that's what's awesome about the movie is is that because after we saw it in the theater, we all ran out and got it and we've been showing our friends ever since. And and every time we get to show it to somebody, it's like, fuck yeah, this movie still holds up. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's actually good. Even with a bear punching a horse's head off, <laughs> slapping a horse's head off. But even with, isn't that one of the best yeah, yeah. parts. That's, that's the icing on the cake. Yes. On that already delicious cake. Yes. Now, um, again, watching it again this afternoon, and another movie that we're probably going to bring up tonight that I know you didn't like, Jason, and when your complaints about it was the obvious bear not in the exact in the scene with the any of the humans ever. <laughs> Grizzly's pretty bad for that, too, you know. Oh, yeah. And... Fucking all these movies are, because, I mean, who, you know, (laughs) you can't put your actor in in the same shot as a bear. And bear costumes look like bear bear costumes. costumes. (laughs) Sadly. I'm talking to you, Lou Ferrigno, in the movie Hercules. (laughs) Punching a a bear in space. If they can make uh, King Kong-type movies that don't look like a suit, or do they always look like suits, too? Dang. Uh, not really. You know, I mean, where's the giant bear technology? <laughs> I mean, if we want to get into, like, the 70s King Kong, I think that that suit looks good. Uh, it's a good-looking suit. The only thing they didn't take into account is that it's a completely human-proportioned gorilla, you know, standing, on, standing upright on two legs, no curved spine, no... You know, knuckles on the ground kind of thing. Arms He's doing still it all right here in front of me. It's pretty What's great. What's that? Oh, I was just telling the listeners that you were acting it all out right in front of me. <laughs> it was cool. Getting ready to fling my own feces. And yeah. so, but other than that, I mean, it's a good looking gorilla suit. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason why bear suits never work right. Because, of, you know, the proportion of the body. Yeah, they're, sh- they're, they're shaped still- wrong. It, yeah, I mean, an ape is still more or less. I mean, you can put arm extensions on and stuff, and have somebody lean over and kind of drag their knuckles, and it's more or less a convincing ape. But you know, with a bear, you know, the legs are too short, the torso needs to be a lot longer. It's yeah, they're they're shaped weird, so they don't they're not shaped like people. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, that's definitely got to be a lot of the problem. <clears throat> but yeah, so anyway, yeah, grizzly. Did, Terry, did you did you see Grizzly? I have seen it. Uh, it's been a while, so I can't recall too much. I didn't get to revisit it, but 
Oh, okay. I definitely remember the horse, though. Trey, <laughs> who can that? forget that? What's left of it? That's <laughs> uh, a long time ago. A friend, I had a friend over for New Year's Eve, and I don't know, you're like. 12, 13 years old. It's like, we got to rent this movie called Grizzly. So, I mean, we both like the same kind of movies and stuff. And so it it sort of became a New Year's Eve tradition for us for many years that we would rent it. And we'd start it at like 11, 11 and then finish it. And so it would like bridge the, that Grizzly would be our ushering in of the new year. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) cool. Awesome. Yeah. About three years ago when I first started, really showing my kids horror movies and my daughter in particular, cause she took an interest a lot earlier than my son did. But, uh, she, I, f- I forget what exactly made her want to, but she programmed this double feature. She wanted to watch Grizzly and legend of Boggy Creek. And she's requested cool. Grizz- Grizzly several times since then. But, uh, that nice. I remember that day after we finished both movies, she goes, we just watched two hairy movies. I said, don't you mean two <laughs> scary movies? And she goes, no, one had Bigfoot and one had a bear. We watched two hairy movies. <laughs> Never been so proud. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, another great thing about Grizzly is the score. Yeah. Like that score, I mean, it's a really good score, but it's a total 70s score. Yep. With the full orchestral and like how the movie starts off. With this, this beautiful scenic score that does not give you the tone of a horror movie whatsoever. Uh-uh. And how until the bear shows up in scenes, you have that consistent, almost like um, uh, like some kind of like uh, wilderness National documentary type of, yeah. of score to it. They were writing the yeah. score for the scenery. Yeah. 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 All those aerial shots are so great. And the, just the mood and the feel of the woods. and So good. And the, the performances are, are really Solid. good. Yeah, yeah, it's shot beautifully. And what, what's impressive about it, if you really kind of dig into it, is that it's directed by um, William, I'm not going to say the name right, but Greidler. Um, and if you go back and look at his filmography, uh, you know, what was it? I think. Uh, oh, my phone's dead. I can't pull up IMDb to double check. <laughs> uh, What's it called? I think Satan's Children. I think was it or no? Wait, uh, Asylum of Satan. That movie is horribly acted, horribly shot. It's it's uh, it's a fun movie, but it's not a good movie. Um, or even like Day of the Animals, which is still really good. But quality level still not up to par to Grizzly, so. <clears throat> Which I'm pretty sure we'll get into Day of the Animals. I have a fondness for that movie. Well, that was I felt like it's not like we all didn't like animal attack movies before we saw Grizzly, but I know for a fact that after we came home from watching Grizzly on the big screen, it was animal attack movies up the butt. <laughs> that was a terrible way to say that, <laughs> but. <laughs> It seemed like that's, that's all we were watching was animal attack films of all different kinds. And that, is, that is a very different kind of animal attack movie, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Still from the 70s, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But its inspiration to all of us was really great to see. And, and, that, and that has led to a <laughs> film we're shooting this summer called Nats. That's right. 
which is a throwback to 70s animal attack movies, and Grizzly definitely plays a big part of it. I have a character where the gnats lop off a uh, lop off his head when they attack, in tribute to the horse's head getting knocked off in Grizzly. So. Yeah, got a little bit of uh, paleontological trivia for uh, <laughs> for the discussion of Grizzly here. I was all excited to to share. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. They give the the. Uh, they say the bear's a prehistoric throwback because they claim it's like 15 feet tall or something in the movie. Like, all right. Yeah. So uh, they give the name as uh, Ursus Arctos Horribilis, which I'm sure they used because of the Horribilis. It's horrible. It right. sounds big and scary. <laughs> but that's actually the scientific name of the... Because there are several different sub... Like, grizzly is a species, and there are subspecies. Kodiak bear is just a a grizzly bear that lives in a, a you know wider environment so it gets to grow bigger so they gave it a different name but they can all interbreed they're essentially the same thing um ursus arctos horribilis is actually just the type of grizzly subspecies that usually lives in the american northwest today uh, the the actual prehistoric predatory bear uh, that was considerably bigger than a grizzly but still not 15 feet tall it was called the uh, arctotus simus or uh, the common name is the short-faced bear. Hmm. And they've they got about 12 feet tall. They have recently found, actually, claw marks inside of caves high enough up on the walls to suggest they could have gotten up to 15 feet. But that probably wasn't a, a common thing. Well, cool. A little bit of education awesome. material here on Attack of the Killer podcast. Awesome. I don't like it. Yeah, it's not all about I'm butts here. I'm sorry, Mike's, I'll never do it again. Mike's not about that there learning. Nope. No. no, we don't want to add any class to this show. Come on. <laughs> first time anyone ever accused me of adding class to anything, so I'll take it. <laughs> Ryan's high-fiving himself. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know what else to say about Grizzly. It's um, awesome. Go get it. And do it. And like you said, it's on Hulu. You can watch it there. A kid gets mauled in the movie. Remember that? Yeah. That little kid. Up, fucked up. Yeah, you think uh, that's <laughs> you think it's gonna get his bunny and then nope, the kid gets crushed. Oh yeah. The kid gets it. And when I'm watching it and it shows the shot of the kid and of course, again, like I said before, you don't really see any interaction of real bear um, with a human, so it's like extreme close-up of like the bear's face, or a, a bear claw swiping down, or you know somebody's face getting thrashed back and forth with nothing in the frame making it thrash back and forth. But uh, it, there's a shot of the kid landing on the ground covered in blood, and it almost and I couldn't tell because it's a quick shot, but it looked like one of his limbs was missing too. Hmm. So I mean that's you just you don't see that you didn't see that too often back then. It's pretty ballsy for the seventies to, but it's a it's a pivotal point in the movie though, because that is like, you know, much like Jaws and a lot of these other animal attack movies in the seventies, you got like the the guy who runs the town or whatever who won't shut shut it down just because there's there's a bear in the woods. He's not going to shut down, you know, camping season. Um, so and that's that's the moment there when this little kid gets attacked. It's like okay, we're gonna shut things down and 
and really take care of the situation. So you yell badger, people go, hmm, what? You yell grizzly, we got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. <laughs> Is that a quote from the movie? That's from Jaws, just re-geared to have woodland creatures. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. Anything else about grizzly? Anybody want to add? All right. I don't know one of my favorites. Oh, voice crack there. Another one of my favorite um, bear movies, and again, it's from the 70s. And all the good ones came straight from the 70s, which is telling you right now. But uh, Prophecy. Is, oh, yes. Love that movie. And now this time we have a giant mutant bear all deformed. and Terror is born. <laughs> Terry, did you see Prophecy? Nope. Oh. Jason, have you seen nope. Prophecy? No? Oh. So it's just, just you and me. Us, yeah. Right. Well, tell us about <laughs> Prophecy. I bring it up and you have to explain it. Oh, me? Okay. Well, I guess, yeah. yeah. No, the two people haven't seen it. You should tell about it. Um, <laughs> no, the, uh, a, a doctor named uh, 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 Robert Foxworth, the actor's name. I'm drawing a blank on the character. But uh, anyway, he and his wife... Are uh, they live in? I, I would assume it's New York City, somewhere in the inner city. Uh, they and he's a doctor in like a sort of a slum area, and he's just tired of the city life and watching these tenants be abused. And uh, he's very he read the population bomb for sure because he's very anti getting pregnant. And uh, so his girlfriend, who is Talia Shire, who's uh, Adrian and Rocky, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, she's pregnant. She doesn't want to tell him, so he he takes this job that'll get them out of the city and they go to the woods of Maine and he's supposed to do a, an environmental study on the, uh, the effects of this big paper mill. And uh, so as he starts seeing some weird things like a giant salmon that eats a duck when he's out fishing and uh, they get attacked by a raccoon that isn't rabid but there's something wrong with it and it comes to find out that this paper mill is uh, leaking mercury into the, the groundwater system and so all the animals that are, because mercury's supposedly a mutagen, and uh, so all the animals in this forest are becoming mutated, and uh, then they find these two gnarly little messed up bear cubs, and sure enough, Mama comes looking for the cubs, and she's not happy. Yep, and Mama's a big, ugly mother. <laughs> Literally. The baby cubs, the baby cubs too, are just like they—they they look like you were trying to um, sculpt something out of play, uh, out of a silly putty, but it didn't quite work out. That's what the bear cubs look like. Those things. That movie still kind of—I mean, it was directed by John Frankenheimer, so it's you know directed yeah. by a dude with some serious caliber talent, and so it's a lot better than even though the the environmental message is super heavy-handed and it's it's very super. kind of earnest and cheesy it's also extremely atmospheric and really well shot um and yeah it's it the first time i ever saw that movie i was probably i don't know single digits maybe 10 or 11 if that most Whoa. and it, yeah. it was on cable tv 
in the middle of the day at my grandma's house during some, I forget if it was Thanksgiving or what, but all the family was there. So I'm surrounded by all my relatives yapping. I'm watching this movie on TV, interrupted by commercials every five minutes, sunlight streaming through the window. And those bear cubs come on, and that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and so that that echoes to this day when I watch that movie. I get a little uneasy. And I, I understand most people think it's just cheesy and dumb. But, yeah, there's something about that movie that really sticks with me. For me, I, it was kind of similar for me. It was on the TV, I think, at my sister's house uh, when I was visiting her one day. And I was probably about the same age you're talking and it was and it was just there on TV and I just am drawn I was just drawn to it and for me it was like all that stuff that happens in the third act which you know um we you talked about atmosphere like you, you know there's you get like the cool fog across like the water and stuff yes. and then um <clears throat> you know maybe the bear effects don't really hold up nowadays but those scenes are so wonderfully shot you know the use of force perspective to really make this bear look like ginormous and and the depth of field of all the shots are yeah. just um it you know and 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 maybe that has something to do with the same thing that you're talking about like i saw it as a little kid and it creeped me out just watching this bear you know attacking that cabin yeah um but uh, I watching it today, it still feels like it. Uh, those shots hold up. Yeah. Maybe not so much the actual bear effects, but uh, but you know, but the, you're convinced that it's a giant, you know, bear. Yeah, the rest of the movie sort of elevates the effects, rather than mm -hmm. the effects dragging down a mediocre movie. The the quality of most of the rest of the movie kind of lifts the effects up out of their sort of B movie. Uh, origins and, and that's a really a good stronger that's a great point it's an excellent way of putting it that um i totally would have to agree with that because it's not and again like we're talking 1979 so it's it's not like they knew what they were doing when they were building a giant mutated bear you know animatronic costume or whatever they used you know so so for its time it was it was you know some pretty good effects and but yeah, yeah, I think that I agree with you. The film really kind of holds up the holds up the effects from bringing keeping from bringing the movie down. The, yeah. the tension of that scene where they're trying to get out along that logging road and they're all in that big truck, that big sort of a dump truck thing, big mm -hmm. heavy rig, and they keep sweeping that spotlight over the trees, and it keeps yeah. cutting to everyone's faces just looking around all nervous. And everything's mm -hmm. quiet. There's nothing like there's no. You can just hear the engine noise. There's no music or anything going on, and they just keep sweeping over the trees. And you know it's coming, but they drag it out for just the perfect amount of time. That when that thing comes out and rolls the truck, it like I still jump at that part every time, even though I've seen the movie so many times. I know exactly <laughs> when it's coming. I still go, oh, holy shit, when it's right there. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's a great tension-building scene. I mean, that's that's right up there with like you know, the stuff they were doing in like Alien and Aliens. You know, uh, the use of the use of the cutting back and forth, and you know, just tight on the people's faces and stuff like that. Real great tension builder. Yeah, I even have the theatrical one-sheet poster for that movie. Yeah. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, the one with the nice. slow, the the she lives, don't move, don't breathe. You can't escape. She will find you. Slogan on there with the picture of that creepy thing in the womb. <laughs> and that, nice. that's one of those movies. I don't know. It, you see a lot of movies like that, and you look at the artwork on the cover, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, oh, the artwork misled me. This is very disappointing. The the Cubs more or less look like the thing on the cover, so you act. That's one yeah. movie that actually delivers what the what it promises. Yeah, yeah, true. Very true. And you were right too. The environmental message, you know, you get you get that a lot in these type of movies, especially from the seventies. Um, but it is it is really down your throat in this movie. Make a good double feature with Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Those are probably the two most heavy-handed. <laughs> good point. Good point. Birdemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That actually. Yeah. There you go. I think that's worse than both of them put together. <laughs> What wouldn't you say? Birdemic. Birdemic. <laughs> and and by worse, I don't mean I I should say quality wise. A huge Godzilla fan, obviously. I love prophecy. I just meant for the uh, oh, <laughs> how yeah. hard they beat you over the head with the message. Yeah, maybe we should do that as a topic. Like movies that really over <laughs> push oversell a their their message. Yeah. I was just looking at this movie on on Amazon and. I I, sw- I could have swore Christopher Walken was in it. <laughs> That's the Birdemic? prophecy. Oh. Pro- That's the wrong prophecy there, bro. Oh, there's more than one? Yeah. I think that's why I never saw this one. Oh, yeah. This is way different. So I was not interested in the Christopher Walken prophecy. What do you got against Walken? Nothing. But whatever that one was about didn't sound interesting to me. No, I don't think I ever saw the Christopher Walken one. So I didn't know there were two different ones. Plus, Drive. Yep. drive. What's he got against Walken? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a movie, really? See, that's the one I was going to kind of throw back in your face when talking about Grizzly. Because that was your big complaint. What? No, that wasn't my big complaint. My big complaint is the movie fucking sucked. Oh, that was harsh. Jesus, Uh, what I meant was... I didn't like it. It was okay. (laughs) Actually, there was a lot of things I liked about it. What? The things I didn't like about it drove me crazy. Uh, let's break it down. <laughs> well, I, I ended up, I ended up, I think I ended up lagging it more than you did. Well, it might not be because I was kind of sitting there, like, why did he hate this so much? I mean, well, they killed... you weren't awake enough to see all the shitty parts. It <laughs> there why. were some really bad, like uh, digital. It was all the editing. Later. Yeah. I don't even mind like the shots of them adding blood to the bear's mouth and stuff like that didn't bother me. It was kind of cool. I'm like, how the fuck else are you going to do that? Yeah. And the acting was good. The That's what carries the movie. We're good. If, if, if you had any, I mean, if you had any less quality of, of acting talent in that movie, really? any less then the movie would have, yes, totally sucked. Cause it is all just about them. Really? 
and and their stories. And I love Bart the Bear, and the bear was great. Yeah, Bart the Bear. That's a good name for a bear. Oh, Did you ever Bart see that Bart. 60 Minutes? I think it was 60 Minutes. One of those news magazine programs. They had a special on Bart the Bear. Oh. Uh, it, was probably a, it was probably a different Bart the Bear, because I think there have been several of them, because yeah, they don't live that long. Uh, this yeah. was probably around the time that Anthony Hopkins movie came out that was advertised as a bear attack movie and then had a bear in it for like 10 seconds. Oh, the edge? Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. I hated it so much I forgot what it was called. Um, but <laughs> and I remember them showing Bart the bear hanging out with his trainer and being all pally and hugging him and stuff. And that bear's favorite thing in the whole world was Hawaiian punch. And he would open a can of Hawaiian punch and hold it out. And Bart would grab it in his lips and just tip his head back until he chugged it all down. <laughs> that's awesome that's so cute right? bear, bears are adorable you, they look scary in movies and that but yeah I would totally snuggle a bear and then I'd die but it would be worth it nice <laughs> way to go well I mean I guess the general should, I, should we give a synopsis we just sort of started talking about it and our listeners yeah. probably have no idea what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> yeah no go ahead okay um so Into the Grizzly Maze, it was it's a fairly new movie. It just came out 2014, 2015. Um, yeah, something like that. And it stars James Marsden and Thomas Jane, Piper Perabo, Billy Bob Thornton. Like it's got a bunch of pretty recognizable actors. Um, they basically they end up going out into this. They have this place called the Grizzly Maze out in their wood wooded area in Alaska. I think that's where it is, maybe. Somewhere with woods. Um and they they set out to look for some people and they end up getting uh stalked by this giant grizzly bear and they kinda battle it out over a few days in the woods. But I didn't think, I thought it was, I thought the acting was pretty solid. Uh, I wasn't, I mean, I was pretty happy when, spoiler alert, when Billy Bob Thornton died. I thought his makeup was kick-ass. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that, the claw marks on his face looked awesome. But, I don't know, it wasn't too bad. It was bad. Oh, Jason! It was it was the editing that fucking was killing me. Oh, because it the editing is what reeked of Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think. It was... Therefore, cheapening it. It did seem like it had a little bit cheaper quality to it, but it, it's just so strange because it has such a high caliber it's cast in cyclops it. in there it's not yeah it's not like a sci-fi movie where it's you know wa- actors that are washed up you know trying to trying to uh do something you know these these are still people who still act in you know theatrical release movies yeah, yeah well they spend all the money on the cast that's why the rest of it looks cheap probably yeah. probably yeah. I, I was really surprised that it wasn't actually at least a limited release theatrical thing with the the caliber of names that were in it i mean billy bob exactly. is a pretty you know he still draws a, a crowd i would think and thomas jane and um you know billy bob was just in the was in the first season of fargo and that was a big right. hit <clears throat> yeah it it's weird it's like 
couple million shy away from having some sort of theatrical release, really, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like it was, it, it should have, it was just almost there to be a theatrical release movie. But, again, it's all, I guess, all in the cast. Location was great, too. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it, you know, the uh, location was beautiful and and fun to look at. But, yeah, amazing, you know, really way better cast and way better performances than you expected going into it. And that's what kept me invested in the movie. And, I mean, I felt like they were pretty good about including the bear. Is that what you have a, such a problem with, Jason? Like, I didn't think it was... Maybe I wasn't... No, I didn't mind the, like bear not being in the same place because I know that's how you have to do it. It was more about the editing that the way they tried to to do that and pull it off. It was so fast and forced and um, I don't know. It just it made it feel like a sci-fi movie and it drove me crazy. <laughs> like they could have I don't know. Like they could have tried harder to integrate the bear into. Well, just the the, I mean, the editing in general was super fast, mm-hmm. fast, 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 fast cutting shit. Yeah, it drove me nuts. <laughs> Plenty of good things about this movie. A lot of things I like. I really just saying like things that are nice and positive. <laughs> I really like the the scene with the lumberjacks and the chainsaws. Yeah. <laughs> but his uh, fucking hand wouldn't stay on the chainsaw. Chainsaw still wouldn't be running, but I don't care. But it was right. still awesome. <laughs> yeah. Suspension of dis- oh, a poetic license. That's the word. That's the term I was looking for. Some poetic license. Um, well, I was reading up on it, too. Uh, Adrian Brody was attached to this at one point, Say and like he what? was, he was supposed to like pr- help produce it, and um, I think even direct it maybe, huh. and of course star in it. And I can't remember who his original co-star was supposed to be now, but there was a lot of names at one point or another attached to this project. So <laughs> I have a feeling this is a script that was like looked at for a while and just kind of like started falling through the cracks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I got that vibe too. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it may be... If you want to see some cool performances and some beautiful scenery, you know, it's worth a watch. I don't think it's it's worth a buy. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't own it. Justin Good. bought it. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about that on one of our past episodes. He loved this movie, but I can't really speak to his opinion on it. Justin likes anything with a bear in it, let's be honest. That's uh, not, not true. everything. What's well, that one he was bitching about a couple of Oh, back? uh... <laughs> Grizzly Rage? Was that the one? Yep. Yeah. Directed by David Dakota. Yeah, he did not like that one. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Jason brought up the cover. The shitty cover. He actually returned an eighty-nine cent purchase back to half price books. Yeah. <laughs> he returned it. He was that pissed off. 
it was eighty nine cents. Oh, that's awesome. I was I was hoping to. I'd seen this one at a family video before, because I re- I remembered that cover. Like mm. I looked at it again. I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that. So I tried to go back and find it, but they must have sold it or just maybe it got pulled off the shelf for some other reason, but I couldn't find it anymore. Which one you talking, Grizzly Ray? Yeah. But it has like a, gonna... a 2.5 star rating. That's really Crazy. bad. Justin's review might be on here still. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome if it was. Yeah. <laughs> David Dakota ever made a good movie? I liked his stuff in the eighties, man. Like you know, before he came out, when he was making Sorority Babes, The Slime Bubble, Lorama, Creepazoids, Doctor Alien. You know all those like shitty, you know, Nightmare Sisters. All those with the Scream Queens in them. And I've never seen Nightmare Sisters. I have good, heard good things about that. I've seen. I hate creepazoids. I, I know I should. Oh, really? I know I shouldn't because it's right up my alley. But something about it, man. It's just. Uh... <laughs> I can get it. I mean, I, I tell you, I love these movies, but I also understand that they're they're made for peanuts. Yeah. And and it shows. Well, I, but I love a lot of crap. Believe me. For some reason, that particular piece of crap just doesn't work. Is it maybe just because, like, because it's so low budget, but it tries to take itself too seriously? No, I don't. Or think maybe so. just the- there are lots of low, bu- much lower budget movies than that. Yeah, that I mean, that was shot on thirty-five millimeter. He had a fairly decent budget to make that movie with, as far as these things go. But that's probably know. one of his bigger budgets. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I still love it. That's fine. Um, yeah, Nightmare Sisters. Now, love that. I love Nightmare Sisters, but bearing in mind this is a movie he <laughs> shot um, in in one location for the whole movie. So keep that in mind when you go and watch it. But I still say that movie is proof on how awesome. Linnea, Michelle Bauer, and Bring Stevens are because there's like a 10 minute scene of dialogue that they had to do in one take. They didn't do any coverage and they, they, they did the minutes. whole, the, all the dialogue back and forth. Just Well, the movie's not even that good, but those three carry it and they just, yeah, because it's well, just three it, of them on the them. couch sitting talking for an hour and a half. <clears throat> but. And it's also got um, one of Linnea Quigley's bands' songs in it too. No. no. So it's you get a lot of Scream Queen in that movie, but oh, a lot of Scream Queen. There's a reason why that one never aired on USA up all night. <laughs> what a worn out there blurring effect machine. Yeah. I don't even think you could blur it. It'd be just edited down to a five minute film. <clears throat> they're yeah, you know, they're pretty much naked through most of the movie. Anyway. They're bare in that movie. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, anything, uh, anything I think that David Dakota made after Final Stab is garbage. Like all of his 13, 13 films, they're just horrible. It's just excuses to have guys take their shirts off. What's the difference? I'm 
there's at least in Nightmare Sisters, there's other, there's still other stuff going on. It's my point. There's like nothing that goes on in any of those thirteen thirteen movies. Trust me, I've tried because like, what was the one that had Linnea Brink and Michelle come back in the Cougar Cougar Town? No, Cougar uh, Cougar Cult. Yeah, something like that. Like Cougar Cult or something like that. And, and even that one, it's just like nothing nothing goes on. In that movie, those three can't even save it. So, like everything he said, everything um, Justin said about that bear movie uh-huh. is exactly what all those other ones are. So, so I'm just saying it's too bad because I am a David Dakota fan. So, yeah, was was. I even like some of his later stuff that he did for Full Moon, like Killer Eye. It's not good, but I still love it. So, bear movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, what about you? A, a bear movie that springs to mind. Uh, well, I, I did watch uh, Claws. Found that on YouTube. Oh, this nice. Is, I didn't get a chance to watch it. It's it's Grizzly's more mean-spirited, dumber, younger brother. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's this, uh, this logger... It, it starts out with the, this guide and two hunters he's taken out into the woods, and they find these two bears that are fighting. And so they they shoot one, and it dies, and they shoot the other one. It's They say it's supposed to be this enormous bear, because, I mean, Grizzly is like a beat-for-beat ripoff of Jaws, and then Claws is a ripoff of Grizzly. So it's like just further <laughs> down the tier of ripoffs. So, it's like making a photocopy of a photocopy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this... Uh, the bear that they shoot and wound that's supposed to be the giant runs off into the woods and goes and attacks this logger and almost kills him. And then, uh, so years pass and this logger, suddenly people start dying out in the woods. So this logger's like, oh, and it's, it's the devil bear. I know this. And his girlfriend, uh, her son has got a, uh, is in a Cub Scout troop and they go out camping in the woods and the bear attacks the Cub Scout troop and they all disappear. So they're, uh, he thinks some of them might still be alive, so you know he and some of his buddies go out into the woods to fight the bear. And uh, you're talking about bear costumes earlier, and why they don't use them in a movie. Well, you guys seen Night of the Lepus? Oh yeah, yeah, love Night of the Lepus. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of scenes in that where people get tackled by a guy in a bunny suit. There, <laughs> there are many more scenes in Claws where somebody gets tackled off screen by a guy in a bear costume. <laughs> awesome. The best one is this guy, one of the hunters out looking for this thing is, is up a tree and the bear knocks the tree down just like the ranger station in Grizzly. But he somehow survives the fall, picks up his gun and he's looking around. Where is it? Where? But the bear is like disappeared. And the way where where it comes from when it does tackle him, he looks right at it as he's scanning the horizon for the bear. But and it, the scene goes on forever, and the whole time I was going, "Come on, it's got to happen! Tackle him! Tackle him!" <laughs> and it went on so long, I kind of thought maybe it's not going to. And as soon as you feel like you're going to be disappointed, bam! The bear <laughs> nails the guy. And uh, and then at the end. <laughs> a guy shoots it with, I believe it's a, a very pistol, like a like a flare gun, and okay. and so the bear suit 
ignites in this huge, like, apparently this, this flare was full of napalm because the bear is instantly, <laughs> engul- or the bear was made of oily rags, one of the two, and it's instantly <laughs> engulfed in flames. And then, of course, they cut to a, a low shot looking up the cliff and they just hurl the flaming bear costume off the cliff. And <laughs> it's beautifully stupid. <laughs> awesome. Oh, there's also a drunk Indian character in it who has uh, visions of his spirit animals, which is achieved by taking some very rattly taxidermied animals and just having them sort of blip in and out of existence in the woods. It's describing <laughs> it doesn't do it justice. That's one that just you got to see it, but it's uh, pretty amazing. Now I'm upset that I didn't see it. It sounds amazing. Sounds wonderful. Anybody else get a chance to see it? I watched uh, some of it, but I didn't get to finish it. But And it was more of a... I turned it on in the background and was trying to do a million other things as it was going on, but it seemed absolutely ridiculous. And I wish I could have sat down and thoroughly watched it. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to definitely have to watch it, man. Sounds so awesome. <laughs> You definitely won't be disappointed. It's wonderful. And I don't know. I mean, the quality was really bad on the YouTube. Yeah. I don't know if if it's any better if you find a DVD, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> like, I, I doubt it's going to get much better. But <laughs> yeah, this was definitely like an old VHS rip. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, man, I'm I'm already running out of bear movies. <laughs> Don't forget uh, the pit. Yes, well, I was gonna uh, I was gonna segue to that. Um, you know, well, when I was making when I was making the list, at first when I came up with the topic, I'm like, ah, oh, bear movies, easy. It's like a thousand of them. <laughs> right. Not so much. Not so much. And, uh, and ironically, a lot of the ones I did find were made in the past like five or six years. <laughs> And I didn't want to have to watch a lot of those. Right. Why? Um, the sci-fi one? I mean, the Because they're all going to look like bad sci-fi movies, yeah. yeah. Cheap, um, cheap, cheap. So, so, I figured we should, if we're talking bears, we should expand the horizon a little bit. And there's other forms of bears besides, like, you know, big monsters, creatures that live in the woods. There's also teddy bears. <laughs> and so... There's The Pit from 1981. This movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> I'd never seen it before, and I regret really. I thought my entire life up to this point of not seeing The Pit. Don't we have a mobile upstairs? That's that? for that's for uh, Gate the, Two. The gate. That's right. Yeah, those little guys. Although. I, I, there are similarities to the gate in the pit, really. I can kind of get that. I think if I were to, oh, what, what did I make comparisons to? Um, yeah, the pit is kind of a little bit of the gate mixed with Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> That's my take on it. Only not a musical. <laughs> so I'm gonna cover this one. I'll set this one up because again, I love this movie. Um, Jamie, <laughs> a young, um, oh man, I can't read my own writing. 
Writing. Okay. What? Did I say writing? Jamie, a young misogynistic boy who is picked on by all the kids in the neighborhood and adults and like everybody thinks he's strange. He talks to his teddy bear and oddly enough, his teddy bear talks back. We hear his teddy bear talking to him. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he's, he's a troubled kid. He's about 12 years old. His hormones are kind of going a little crazy, you know? Um, so his parents hire this woman to kind of babysit him while they go away somewhere and and he falls in love with this woman and the thing is like the bear tells him to do certain things but on top of all that the boy has found a pit in the woods and in this pit are these like prehistoric chud looking monsters uh that he that uh they're like troglodytes that he calls like trogs or something like that and the teddy bear convinces him to throw everybody that's been mean to him into this pit. So the troglodytes, because at first there for a while he was buying like raw meat to the grocery store to feed the troglodytes, but he was running out of money mm-hmm. and it's like, don't know what to do. Little These poor troglodytes and uh-huh. the teddy bear's like, well, you just, every, come on, Davey, everybody's been, who's been <laughs> mean to you? The teddy bear just totally reminds me of, like David and Goliath. Like, come <laughs> on, Davey. Throw all the mean kids into the pit, so like everybody gets gets he tricks them into going to the woods and throws them in the pit. The greatest thing about this movie is in the in the third act, like he's killed everybody that could be killed, and he actually ends up killing off the the girl the girl that he loves too. She falls into the pit pit and he tries to save her, but you know, alas, it doesn't work and she gets eaten up by the troglodytes as well so now he's all alone and he's got these pits pit of troglodytes and so he throws rope down into the pit so the troglodytes can get out and then and then the movie has nothing to do with the boy for the last 15 20 minutes as the troglodytes rampage the town and the sheriff puts together a posse to hunt down the troglodytes and and they shoot the troglodytes, and what the fuck? There's some really good gore in that part, too. Oh, yeah, there's some good gore in the movie, but what <laughs> is going on in this movie? It's weird. Did anyone else, yeah, it is. Did anyone else get a chance to read the interview with the writer, Ian Stewart? That I didn't read I did, an interview, but I've read some facts about did, it. Okay. What did the interview have to say? Um, it's he wrote it based on the experiences of a couple people he knew who were um child psychologists and uh, one of them in particular one of them had a kid who like would talk to his stuffed animals like they were people to him so that's where and the movie was actually originally called Teddy uh, yeah and um the novelization is called Teddy oh well. okay i i wonder yeah. if the there's same, a novelization <laughs> Yeah, I, I want it. I wonder if the yeah. I wonder if the screenwriter got to write that and then maybe like put it back kind of the way he meant it to be, um, because so, the yeah. the the reason for the the trollologs is the, um, they weren't supposed to exist in his original script. It's all in the kid's head, and yep. it's based on this like his psychiatrist friend talking about this one kid who, um, when he would dislike people like Jamie does in the movie, 
he would invent these scenarios in his head where they would be killed and then they just wouldn't exist to him anymore. So they could be sitting in the same room with him talking to him and it would be like he wouldn't even know they were there. And so that's what was supposed to be going on with this kid. And he was also supposed to be only like eight or nine years old. And then the producers said, no, we want the monsters to be real. And they hired a kid who was, he'd found a couple of this writer, I guess, had found a couple of child actors who we thought were really good. And for whatever reason, they decided, no, we want an older kid. So they hired this 12 year old who looked like he was 15, which made it super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I guess at the at the end of the shoot or when you know, when the movie is about to be released and they they cut on all that extra footage you were talking about where the the trollologs get out and eat everyone in the town and uh, the mm -hmm. producer went up to him and said, "Well, you Mr. Stewart, you wrote us a very good psychological horror movie and we turned it into just another B-grade monster flick." Yeah. <laughs> Yep, it's very true. Which I just would I would love and I want to get the novelization because the novelization is true to that original script where it's all it's much darker. Um it's all in the kids the kids head and um I want to know how that plays out. Like where where um where does everything go if all of this is just in his head, you know? But I also find the whole movie, the, the way it ended up, completely fascinating. And you can obviously tell that the whole thing with the, the, with the creatures in the pit, that it obviously was, was something that, that came later. Because, again, they just abandoned the boy story once the, once the creatures get out of the pit. It doesn't have anything to do with him anymore. It's all about the sheriff and trying to, uh, trying to find out what's going on, why all these people have disappeared, and they're finding these clues, and and the monsters are attacking people, and and it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. And it's such an out of left field thing in a in a movie where everything else is so grounded in reality. But then you start to question, like, okay, if these creatures in this pit are real. What is really going on with this boy and the teddy bear? Like I was waiting through the whole movie to find out that like somehow maybe these were aliens in the uh, in the pit and the teddy bear is is part of the alien clan or something, you know that somehow it's all connected because there's even a shot in the film where well there's several moments in the film where the teddy bear's eyes will glow but there's one in particular where the boy's not in the room. Not in his bedroom. The girls, the woman is in his bedroom and picking up like clothes or whatever. And she picks up the teddy bear, looks at it, and sets it down. And she leaves the room, and the teddy bear's head moves mm -hmm. completely unmotivated by anything. Mm -hmm. Like there's nobody in the room. And the boy doesn't even know this woman is in his room. So, how is that in his head? You know, so that, so that is very misleading as far as this whole theory of like, everything's going on in this kid's head so it it's kind of a mess and i love it for it yeah i think as as, as the movie stands as it was released it's very much not in the kid's head maybe his teddy bear is but the yeah. creatures are definitely real really? but if yeah. but if the creatures were all in his head that would make a lot more sense to the fact that there's this pit with these scientific wonders uh, you know, half a mile behind this kid's house on a very well-used bike path, or so it would appear, and no one has noticed them but him. Surely someone would have heard them grunting down there. Yeah, no doubt. 
And there's some really creepy things that go on with this kid. Like, he's a very disturbed, pervy kid. Yeah, he is. What the fuck? When he's, like, watching the the woman with his binoculars, and he calls her up claiming that her niece had been kidnapped, and the only way to get her niece back is for her to take her top off in front of the window. And so she starts to do this, but then the little girl comes walking into the house and like, what are you doing? What? And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, just weird. And that whole scene where he's in the bath the and he's having that woman wash her back oh and that God. that is just creepy <laughs> fucking so creepy sicko kid because he, he like asked for for her to wash his back or whatever and she's like aren't you a little old and we're all like yes what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> and then he's talking about how like his mom like washes it i don't it was weird definitely mm. some awkward moments in there The director was Lou... Um, Perigno? No. <laughs> Lehman, I think is how you say it. And it's, uh, I think, his only real directing credit. But here's a fun fact. So there's 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 a bit of nudity in this movie. Oh. Um, <clears throat> the director's wife wouldn't let him shoot any of the nude scenes. Except for the skinny dipping scene. Because the actress... That is nude in that scene is the director's own daughter. Duh. <laughs> Wait, what? what was he Dario fuck? Argento? Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> so there she you go. She wouldn't let it, but she's okay with that. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> whole, whole bunch of weirdos working on this movie. Jeez. I think the making of The Pit is probably weirder and more disturbing than the movie. Sounds like oh. it, man. So, Terry, what are your thoughts of The Pit? Uh, creepy, weird, but hilarious. Yeah, and now, <laughs> do you think the, the humor in this, is any of it is intentional? I, I don't know. A lot of places, when I kind of looked into it, like, a lot of them pegged it as a comedy. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't think it was intended to be that way, though. Well, with what Brian was saying about like how the writer, he had written a completely different script, that was one of the things I kept reading over and over again, that the script was much darker and had no comedy in it compared to the movie. And I'm thinking, the movie was supposed to be funny? Like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it was either. Uh, but I mean, it comes... Sorry, go ahead. As I mean, it comes off that way, just you know, out of awesome B movie goodness. But I don't know. And that stupid music that oh, they play. Like, yeah. They, I think they <laughs> stuck that on as like a last ditch effort to like, oh, this is we made this too creepy. Let's try to make some of it seem like we didn't mean to be disgusting <laughs> and horrible. Right. Yeah. And, and then that just made it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm. I need to have this movie on DVD. Uh, Kino Lorber is putting it out on Blu-ray later this year. Sweet. Uh, the, their uh, their definition of the word classic has skewed very far away from the common parlance, <laughs> and it's kind of wonderful. Uh, so, what are your overall thoughts on the pit, Brian? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's 
it's weird and strand parts of it like the bit where the the babysitter gets like accidentally falls into the pit and the way she's getting <laughs> yeah. like she sells the hell out of that scene. Like, oh yeah. I that part is is genuinely kind of I not disturbing I guess but uh you know it's it's got some punch to it. Um mm-hmm. and it's just I mean you get tonal whiplash from that movie like I was, you know there's some scenes that have that weird whimsical music and uh you know they're meant to be silly and then other times you've got this sort of deep throbbing synth score that's you know got the horror elements and the kid is super crazy just it's it's yeah. a melange of all these strange parts that none of them make any sense and they make even less sense when you put them together but somehow it all works <laughs> somehow it all works anyway in this yeah. wonderful you would never ever see a movie like that get made today or if you did it no. would be people trying to make it on purpose like it's just such a product of its yeah. time where they're like, oh, we'll just make any old stupid thing and people will buy it. And So, huge spoilers. What about the very final scene? So, it finally gets back to Jamie's story. And now he's been shipped off to his grandparents. Where there's a creepy little girl that's living there as well. I guess they're cousins or something, right? Uh, Is that right? Yes. <laughs> and they go, they go to play in the backyard... And the little girl's like, I want to show you something. Mm. And there's a fucking pit with trogs in the fucking bottom of the pit. I'm like, what? <laughs> there's another pit with these monsters in it? And then the huge spoiler, the little girl pushes him into the pit right at the very end. Yeah, frame. that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So was all that in her head? What? Ooh. Exactly. Oh. Like, what? what? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of features on this Blu-ray that hopefully I I've, all I've seen what? is that they announced they were going to do it. I it would be great if there was a commentary track of like the director, the producers, and the writers, so they could all just get in a big fist fight. Like you ruined my movie. <laughs> exactly. That would be great. That would be awesome. And the thing is, is you can't. There are no answers to it because the answer is, you know. <laughs> It's too many cooks man. in the kitchen is basically mm. what, what the, the answer is. Um, there is no answer to whether or not it's all in his head or if it's all real or it's just, you know, not thinking things through is the answer. <laughs> oh, but it's so awesome. And I like the, the designs of the trog, troglodyte creatures. You know, uh, the execution of the makeup's not the best, but the design I, designs I like. Yeah. Blowing eyes and stuff, but you know the mouths don't move. So, so they're not the teddy bears. What? A, where's the bear come in in this movie? How do you tie this to the, the teddy bear that he talks to through the whole movie? Oh. Yeah. The trilogues kind of look like if a bear and a pig had unnatural relations. Yeah. And I kind of wondered too through part of the movie too, considering that I knew going into watching this that the alternate title was Teddy. That somehow maybe these. These creatures were an extension of his, of what the teddy bear is, or whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's only it's 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 kind of a loose fit into this topic because it's all just about the kid's teddy bear, which really, other than motivating him to push people into the pit, there's like no resolution on the whole teddy bear angle in this movie. It's just there. It's just part of things. It's just a bear that talks to him. 
True. So the pit, I will be totally getting that up. <laughs> so awesome. I'm pretty excited. Hey, I am. Oh, what else? What else, guys? I very tangentially related, but there is a bear in it. Uh, there's a movie called Bigfoot. It's got John Carradine in it, who I'll watch anything with him because he's awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, at one point in the movie, uh, rather than a guy in a bear suit wrestling a person, there's a guy in a Bigfoot suit wrestling an actual bear that looks like <laughs> it's been given enough quaaludes to kill Keith Richards. <laughs> That's a lot. Like a real, a real bear. Yes, it's a real bear. Like a very small brown bear, or a small black bear, excuse me. You know, a, a, the the cuddlier, less dangerous type. I mean, still rip your face off if it wanted to, but not sure. when it's stoned out of its gourd. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Poor bear. <laughs> Aww. Oh. Until it rips your face off. Don't awe it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's also the Chernobyl Diaries. That's got a bear in it. <laughs> there's a lot. Does there's less bear? Oh no, the bear does chase him a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. there's less bear in that than in the Edge, but yeah, there's a bear in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, so I didn't put it on the list. I'm like, ah, that's really stretching it. But then again, so was the pit. <laughs> a little. Really, the best bear scene in cinema history. I know you haven't seen it yet, and it's not a horror movie, but The Revenant. Mm. Holy fuck. That's all I can say. It's... <laughs> you never see anything like it. It's a bear attack. It's amazing. That's what I keep hearing, and I kept seeing it show up on lists when I was trying to put together a list for this episode. Yeah, it's in- it's incredible. Well, it really is. So is the whole movie. But I got it. It's, it's, it's hard to say... That it's the best bear scene in cinema history when you have, in Day of the Animal, a shirtless Leslie Nielsen fighting a bear. <laughs> That's true. Fisticuffs. While screaming about Melville's God. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That is the best bear scene in cinema history. Or if you want to go real life, I mean, have you seen the Grizzly Man documentary? Oh, Yeah. Yep. That gets kind of brutal. Like they show you some pretty gross images. I had it written down. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a horror movie podcast. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty horrific. Yeah, it is. but I thought that'd be kind of pushing it. Just <clears throat> giving it a shout out. It's a great shout out. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> cool. All cool. right. Anything else? Um, is it true? Do you, are you supposed to play dead, or are you supposed to punch it in the nose? Which one is it? Sharks punch it in the nose. I'm just trying to give advice for. I think sharks you punch avoid in the bear nose, attacks. and bears you play dead. Oh, that was one thing I had a question about with Into the Grizzly Maze. Like they had, she had like some weird like spray that she was spraying at the bear. Invented bullshit. Oh, I don't is know. Bear mace? Yeah, like, what the fuck was that? Like, does that Into actually work? Mace? Ask Brian. He's the smart one. Bear spray. <laughs> I'm searching. Knowledge. 
Yeah, I, I would. I can't imagine it's much different than mace or pepper spray. I mean, it's still just an animal. If you nail a bear in the eyes with mace, <laughs> it's not going to be any happier than a person. Right? No, like, I, that would just piss it off more. It's it's probably know. just a bigger can. <laughs> bear mace. Yeah, mace. it's 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 ultra hot animal repellent spray. What the it's, fuck? It's bear repellent, and you find it in Batman's utility belt, right next <laughs> to the shark repellent. It's uh-huh. bat bear spray. Yes. <laughs> this is just. It all makes sense now. I don't even. I don't even know. Crazy. There's Yogi Bear, the movie that was pretty. <laughs> I didn't see it. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is us grasping at straws here at Attack of Killer Podcast. I think that's going to conclude our discussion on bear movies. Go see so, Grizzly. Yes, yeah. Grizzly is the one to see for sure. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight, and we hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. And we're back. So, segment's time. Let's uh, let's do some shout-outs, shall we? It's time for... Shout-outs! Hey everybody, shoutouts time. Here's the thing. Um, it's mostly Terry's fault because she what? forgot because she forgot to remind me <laughs> to, to post the question on Facebook. But since she's so super popular, because she runs our not that is this behind behind the curtain too much, no. but she runs the the podcast Twitter page and it's super popular because she does an awesome job over there, but. <laughs> But there's like 600 uh, replies to her tweet and none to mine on Facebook. <laughs> so we know who wins on that. Sorry. But it's her fault. Anyway, uh, so she asked, what are your favorite Killer Bear horror movies? And that's right. We will read your comments on the show. First up, we, uh, we had Chris Cook at Counting Cook. He says... Can't wait for this episode. Watched Grizzly 76 because of Justin Beam and loved it. Woo. That's right. And then I think on one of these tweets, Justin, he replies to, and he's like, a lot of love for Grizzly. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we got Sean at Odd and Macabre says, prophecy is a good one. It's an old 80s horror flick with mutations, including a mutated bear that's hunting folks. Folks. I put too much L in there. Folks. (laughs) Hunting folks. Thanks, Sean. Maybe the coolest reply yet. Sorry, everyone else. Um, Bubble Bath says, at Bubble Bath 26 says, Guys, I have a winner from Dolls, 1987. And she put the video of the giant teddy bear. Yeah. That is a cool scene. Yeah. That did pop into my head at one point. 
And so, thanks, Bubble Bear. My favorite part of that is like after after the monstrous teddy bear devours the little girl's father and stepmother, and um, and she's like, "Oh, Teddy!" And the teddy bear just kind of shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then we had Karen at KAVD. Uh, she says, "Grizzly with Chris Hi. George and Richard Jekyll." Jackal. Jackal. Then we had Donna Strong at Donna Vital 4 says, I just like the one in the Revenant movie. In my opinion, scared the hell out of me. Poor Leo. I agree. Poor Leo. Poor Leo. It was fucking brutal, though. Seriously. Man, he won an Oscar. He's over it. He's fine now, sure. (laughs) But at the time... It was fucking brutal. <laughs> then it lasted forever. You gotta watch it. Alright. And it's a good movie. Anyway. <laughs> Next up, because there's 47 fucking replies to Terry's shit on Twitter, <laughs> and none to mine, I'm, I'm still going. <laughs> She's more popular than me. Um, because, so we got Catherine Durden at Catherine Dirty one she says prophecy managed to be self-righteous incredibly offensive and hilarious (laughs) thanks Catherine oh good it's over jeez for now she'll have 20 more as soon as we're done but (laughs) anyway folks this is shout outs thank you Jason for shout outs now let's go over to uh, John Stalter with the uh, Alter Stalter. Oh, wait. He's not here. <laughs> and I said the name of his sh- segment right, finally. Finally. So, huh. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, let's go over to Terry with Wicked Words. Swear, Terry. Ow, 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 ow. Wicked Words. With Where, Terry. time on my segment I uh, discussed the graphic novel uh, Michael Doherty and friends put out called Trick or Treat Days of the Dead. Uh, This time I'm going to cover another one of his graphic novels. Um, It's the novelization of Krampus. Uh, It's called Krampus Shadow of St. Nicholas. And this isn't, uh, this doesn't really follow the film. It's actually another anthology sort of a deal all surrounding the Christmas season um, and different uh, Krampus stories, obviously. Um, It's really cool. Lots of the same illustrators from the Trick or Treat Days of the Dead. Uh, Some cool stories. Uh, I really like the first one with uh, the crazy uh, beat up mall Santa becoming a hero dude was pretty good but it's pretty pretty neat if you're in the mood for Christmas in May uh, but yeah you should check it out cool good stuff maybe I will okay do it fine <laughs> 
And next up, it's always, and he's a little extra butt hurt this segment because he really wanted to do the pit <laughs> for his pick. Yeah. And so, who knows what the Videotronics guide or what? Psychotronic. Psychotronic video guide. Right. We'll see what he pulled out of his AS on this one. It's Insane's Picks! <laughs> So I'm not going to talk about the pit on Saints Picks because we already discussed it. So instead, I'm going to talk about a film from 1982. <clears throat> An alien crash lands on Earth, has a laser weapon, and he terrorizes a small backwoods Maryland town. That's right, the low-budget Don, Do Don Dollar classic, Night Beast. Anybody ever seen Night Beast? Yeah. No. Yeah. Nice. Of Don Dollar Flicks. Don Dollar Flicks, well, absolutely. The old stuff, yeah. Before he yep. started making Skinamax type movies. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the that documentary that Troma put out about him? Yes, that's fantastic and very very I, sad. Oh, really? I've yet to see it. Still, I've been trying to hunt that one down. So the, uh, Troma's YouTube yeah. channel. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm going to watch it tonight. Probably not. But I do want to watch it. Anyway, yeah, the acting is horrible. The, the you know, it's not shot very well. It's almost, and it's almost like a remake of his earlier Aliens Crash Land on Earth flick. Um, what was it, The Alien Factors? Was that the one? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> it's almost like a remake of that, only you're dealing with one alien in, in um, Night Beast. Um, and there's really no motivation for the Night Beast. He just kind of goes around just shooting people with his uh, his his laser gun. Um, I like the look of of the Night Beast, but um, you know it's not the mo it's not the best special effects in the world. Uh, it's obviously just a mask on a guy. You get a little bit of lip moving action, but his you know his mouth doesn't really open and close. Just the lips kind of twitch here and there. Um, there's a little bit of nudity, some, some, uh, fun gore. Um, and one of the coolest things in, from my collection is I've got the Paragon video release, VHS release of this movie. Um, anytime you can find something with the old Paragon label, it's a, it's a thing of quality. Um, so yeah, so that's my Insane's pick for this episode. Uh, 1982's Night Beast. I think the reason the alien was killing everyone is because he was upset at how awful the nudity is in that movie. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it's it's not titillating by any means. It was unbearable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad, and like the <laughs> the sheriff's big old porn mustache and afro hair, and like. Uh, Having him in the same scene as the nudity really makes it even, even less erotic. Yeah, Un unbearable. That's the key term here. Are you not getting that? That's no, no. I got that. I'm just uh, <laughs> oh. I'm moving on. It's just they're trying not to encourage <laughs> me. Is all. 
I thought we were having a rather intelligent conversation about Nightbeast, but we had to ruin it with a bear pun. I see. (laughs) Right. It's all those things. (laughs) Puns never ruin anything. What are you talking about? That's true. All right. So that's it, folks. That's another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Kind of a short one this time around. That's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'll stretch out the outro here. That's me think of something. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So thanks for listening (laughs) to. Hey, are we doing that other commentary soon? Yeah. Oh yeah. We had another Patreon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We do. So we will have another commentary episode coming. Thanks to Patreon. And help Thanks me out Terry's here. Terry's buddy. Come on, who is it, Terry? What's... Uh, Bradley Taylor. Taylor, correct. Trape. So thanks, Bradley Taylor, for donating. We will be doing a commentary soon for Seed of Chucky. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. <laughs> Bride of Chucky. No. no. Oh, Curse of Chucky. No. That's a good one, oh. though. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, the first child's play? Oh, my God. He's going to go until he's out. <laughs> what's, wrong, what's wrong with Seed of Chucky? That's my favorite one. Are you serious? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, my God. Now. It's just begun. Okay, let's get what? into it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I hope for irony's sake. It's your favorite. No, I, I just love it. I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, I cannot believe they got all these Ed Wood jokes and midget masturbation jokes and all this other crazy shit into an R-rated wide theatrical release. I was impressed, and I still love it. Well, you got a point. Got <laughs> that a point. is impressive. <laughs> Those <laughs> things. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but seriously, we'll be doing a commentary track for Child's Play 2. Yay. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, so that'll be coming up soon. Yeah. Next episode. Yeah, and you too can pick out a movie for us to do a commentary track on too. Go to Patreon slash A-T-A-O-T-A-P letters. Hard, it's late. Uh, yeah, Patreon. Do it. Do it. Stay in school. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, guys, for being on. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer.